0: Hey guys, (laughs) (laughs) I'm Riz, and I'm Liza, and this is the
1: Little Sleep (laughs) Much Reading Podcast. And finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up, and he went completely out of his mind.
0: This is so weird. We've never seen this film before. it a once. Liza and I have never recorded together in the physical In the physical plane. <laughs> On this plane, physically. It's almost been a year since we started the podcast. Yeah. 30
1: something episodes later, and we this is the first time. We're in the same room, except
0: we're not in a room. No, we're outside. Oh, yeah. What country are we in again? It's not. I think it's called Ashriba. Oh, Ashriba. Or was it Ashriba? Ashriba. Ashriba. Ashriba, Ashriba, guys. Ashriba. Ashriba. Have you guys ever been? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> Maybe people are listening because they scanned our stickers. Did you scan our stickers? Please tell us. If you're listening and you live in Aruba, find all the stickers we put around the island of Aruba. How many are there? Six. Probably around six. We think that there's six. So if you find six stickers, let us know. There's like three in downtown Aruba, two in San Nichols, three in San Nichols, San 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 Nichols. San Nicholas, And that might be it. Six. And then there's gonna be some at Palm Beach. Yep. Um, but yeah, welcome to episode three of the Aruba tape, the Ashruba Tapes. The Ashruba Ashruba tapes. This is our only episode that's actually being filmed in Aruba. I th- yeah,
0: mm-hmm. almost certainly. Yep. <laughs> we're running out of time. If there was gonna be another one, so there's not. And it's themed beach trash.
1: Everybody knows what a beach trash book is. In my head, it's always a mass market paperback. But is yours mass market? I don't know. I guess so. I think it's not so. it's standard paperback. Right. But first of all, mass markets are a good deal. Because with my freaking bookseller discount... My Nora Roberts book was, like, $4. Right. It was literally $4. That's so much better than a regular paperback. Is there a reason we think behind why, like, mass market, like, cozy mysteries and thrillers and romance novels are so much cheaper than, like, literary fiction?
0: I genuinely don't know. I think because... You wouldn't think that they would cost less to make because Mm -hmm. even though you're making them smaller, you're printing more pages then.
1: Right. That's why I'm thinking it kind of feels like classist isn't the right word, but like elitist maybe? Yes. Elitist. But then again, we're naming the
0: episode Beach Trash, so. Hey, Hey. what
1: are you going to do? What are you going to do, Liza? Yeah, it's like the books that... Ladies of a certain age, in a certain time period, went to the beach.
0: I didn't say it. She didn't say it. I didn't say it. But I did. How, How
1: many people, like their mom or their grandma, has a whole shelf of romance novels? Not you. My mom loves Nora, or loved Nora Roberts, past tense.
0: My mom reads memoirs. Because she's a queen. My mom's a queen, too. But she loves Nora Roberts. But yeah. Um, If you guys, you guys don't know, because you would not, you would just, you'd simply just not know this, but we have a live studio audience today. Woo! Yeah.
1: True Jackson
0: VP <laughs> was filmed in front of last video. <laughs> So let, let's let's uh flip this question to the audience. Audience, do, does does your mom have a shelf of romance books? No, no, I mine mean, doesn't. She my mom likes yeah biographies. Oh, my mom likes <laughs> biographies too. There you go. Uh, yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> women of science women of science
1: mickey's the only one with the she'd have like there was knights Mm -hmm. and there was pirates and there was the type nora roberts has a titanic romance oh believe that honestly my mom might like that one yeah because it's historical yeah
0: my mom loves titanic so
1: okay who doesn't at one point or another hyperfixate on the titanic (laughs) we've all been there Romances are often historical. Like, the smutty romances are often historical. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> we forgot to do a trigger warning
0: for this episode. Oh, mm. Trigger warning. Contract warning! Hey, guys. Future Marissa here. Um, As you just heard us say, that we're going to do a trigger warning. And the mic feed cut out a little bit when Liza was saying the trigger. So, sexual assault trigger warning for this episode, specifically in the... um. Nora Roberts' book. Okay? Wonderful. And if it's not for you, then that's okay. We'll see you in the next episode. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Which we gotta
1: talk about because it was unsettling. Here's another fun fact Nora Roberts owns the town that our friend Jessica is from, <laughs> in Maryland. We're going to have to do another Nora Roberts episode. With Jess. With Jess. And then Jess, we're, we're telling Jess's team, but Jess, like, do you remember this, Marissa? She, like, did an essay contest, a short story contest, and Nora Roberts picked the winner, and Jess didn't even win. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, <laughs> I can't think of something that Jess would write that Nora Roberts would actually <laughs> but, be like,
1: hell yeah. That's exactly
0: it. That's exactly it. But that's just funny that Jess is like a writer from the <laughs> yeah. town that Nora Roberts owns. She's always gonna be living in Nora <laughs> Shadow. Yeah. Oh Jesse. Jesse. You guys know Jesse from Geek Love from episode. Geek
1: Love. Oh my god, Jess would tear a beach trash novel to shreds. Uh like verbally not phys- maybe physically
0: <laughs> uh yeah i thought you were gonna tear your book up physically at one point. i thought about it it's a, it's a little bruised um do you
1: crack your spines no oh i do is that bad no mm-hmm.
0: i saw you reading and you were like this mm-hmm. I was like oh i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> And when I say this, I mean she literally had, like, her one side folded over to the back. Yeah. So she could kind of, like, hold it with one hand. Yeah, I do that. I yeah. crack. That's, like,
1: one of the first things I do when I get a paperback is I go like this. Crack fast fine. Why? I don't know. Then it doesn't, like, close right. I know. And I also dog ear my pages, which I know some people aren't a fan of. I that.
0: I know. I kind of destroy my books. I mean, I like the idea of destroying a book because it's. I like the ideas of books also being physical things. Yes. Like, I like all the senses to be included while reading, so I think using a book like that is really interesting. Like I, I enjoyed the fact of taking my book to the beach and laying it in the sand. Yeah, getting like, stains on Right, my little greasy sunscreen fingers and my bathing suit and all that. But, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't be cracking spines. So I don't be doing
1: My book for this week got totally like the front is all ripped, and the pages are all wet. It's just that's just what you do with your beach book, with your beach read.
0: Beach books are for destruction.
1: Literally, never have I walked away with a clean book at the beach. I saw something psychopathic on TikTok though. Oh. it was a girl who okay she said she likes to rip out all the pages that aren't the actual book so she would rip out everything in this beginning part except for the story itself and do what with it just throw it out
0: <laughs> okay i was like that's so weird it's like an interesting way to like uh stick it to the main. right I was like, "It's that's kind of interesting," but it also feels not. I don't like it. Did you see the girl on TikTok who like reads a page and then rips it out? No. No. Oh my god! Wait, what? Yeah, she's just like, "Oh, I read the first page." (gasps) That's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Why are you spending the money on the book then? Like, it must feel, it must, like, something satisfying about it, but right. at the same time, I'm like, what if I want to read it again? Yeah. What if I
1: got to the last page, and I was like, that was amazing. Yeah. Or what if you want to, like, donate it to another, per- like, your front bar, it a- donate it to the library or the Goodwill? Okay. Now
0: nobody else gets to read that book. No. That's, she crazy. Um, Liza, what lit news do we have today? Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: James. James, okay, James. <laughs> you tell the T.
0: Uh, you know the T. James Patterson, who just came out with a new book titled James, James Patterson. Patterson on James Patterson. James Patterson by James Patterson. <laughs> uh, he, he was, I mean, I think it's been a long time coming for everyone, but he was officially kind of so canceled um for making racist comments yeah or or i guess um well like inversely well
1: yeah it was like it was just totally <laughs> fucking stupid
0: it was i'm surprised was... i'm surprised it didn't happen sooner i know stop writing out and stop whoa Whoa! Stop asking writers questions. Oh, literally, because we had to. We
1: we lost a lot of soldiers this year. I mean, I don't care about James, but we lost Joyce Carol Oates and Margaret Atwood, like uh-huh. metaphorically, uh-huh. and like we lost like Joan Didion and Eve Bavis, uh and Bell Hooks, literally. But we like remember Joyce Carol Oates is a turf and margaret atwood doesn't get anything and now james is like i'm oppressed because i'm a white man an old white man he said right
0: yeah he's older white men have have a kind of race <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah james james
1: sir. also if you didn't already know now's the time we're going to tell you james patterson doesn't write his own books so no i don't think he has in a while it's been (gasps) some that's what i was wondering too do you think nora roberts writes all her own books because she has like probably 200 or
0: more i don't think so
1: i just don't think
0: that's possible maybe though i mean because i don't know i mean are all of them good no no like, okay, Stephen King has a lot of books. Right. So that's why I'm like, maybe we shouldn't just
1: expect that somebody doesn't write their own
0: books. We'll message her.
1: Well hey, Nora, Nora, we gotta ask. <laughs> For sure with the but like it's known that James doesn't write his own Right. And then there's like Tom Clancy. And I don't know if he writes his own. And then there's a guy like James. Clive. Clive. Oh, Clive Barker. No, Clive Cusser. Oh, Cusser. There's another guy that is dead, but his books are still coming out because other people write them, but they still go under his name. (laughs) I was learning that at work the other day.
0: Where does that money go? I know. But then there's Preston and Child. They have a lot of books.
1: All those romance ladies have so many books. Well, I think they're just pounding them out, you know? Like, I think they're just like, <laughs> they're just pounding them out. Um, so maybe Nora does write her own books. We don't. We'll ask will, will we
0: ever know? We're going to ask her once we ask her. Or you're going to email Susan Mallory. Oh, I'm definitely going to email Susan Mallory. That sounded like a joke. It's not a joke. It sure is. I really am going to email her. And you're going to ask her What's tea? Yes, so apparently the book that I've read, there's a secret about this book. So I'm going to message, it says to email her and ask her what the secret about the book is. So I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, what book did you read? Oh, I read The Stepsisters by Susan Mallory. This summer, it's every sister for herself. Oh my God. And how'd you pick this one? I went to Ray Day and (laughs) I did all the books and I said which cover looks beachy and there was about four and then I said which one do I think I'd like the most and I narrowed it down to like two and then I was like I'm not gonna like either of them so I'll just pick. And that's how she ended up with that. I was like this one kind of looks the most vacation-y and it wasn't at all.
1: Oh god. How about you? I read Nora Roberts the reef um and I knew I wanted to read an Roberts because she's the epitome of a beach read in my opinion but I guess I, I guess I knew this but like most of her stuff like takes place in like New England or like Chesapeake Bay or like the Carolinas but this is the one book I could find at my bookstore that was um tropical beach instead of
0: instead of
1: new england beach so that's why i picked it and it took place in like a couple different tropical places but like the west indies was one and we're kind of near the west indies right now i mean not really but like a little <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, like not really. not really but a little um yeah that's interesting different beaches mm-hmm. i was thinking about that
1: yeah because like you wouldn't really want to read a beach, tropical, you wouldn't want to read, like, a book that takes place in, like, Cape
0: Cod while you're in Aruba. Right. In my opinion. Like, do I want to read any book that's ever about a beach that's, like, the shores of Lake Erie? No. Actually, I probably would like that because the book would probably end up being some kind of, like, bacterial infection book. Oh, you should write a bacterial infection book.
1: (laughs) Eagle. Um well that was like the first episode of the podcast. I had read Dogtown, which was nonfiction, but that takes place at basically the area of the beach that I was at when I read that book. So cool. And so I think that's always fun. Like I feel like if you went to California, you should read like I'm reading Malibu Rising right now by Taylor Jenkins Reed. But if you were in Malibu, like it'd be fun to read Malibu. If you were in the Outer Banks, it'd be fun to read The Outer Banks. The Outer Banks. Heaven, he, what does he say? Hell on Earth. Do you watch that show? No, my
0: dad does. He,
1: he, as he should. It's phenomenal. What is his, what is the Pope? J, J.P. J, John B. John B.
0: John B. Well, <laughs> it always sounds like you're saying John B. Yes. Or the other one. Okay, that, that one sound from uh, TikTok is from that show, right? <laughs> when he's like, I love you. And she's like, no, you don't, Topper. <laughs> oh, Topper. <laughs> People were doing, like, dances with everyone. Right? They were like, no, you don't, Topper. Um, yeah, his name's Topper. that crazy. Yeah, if you're, if my, if I, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't even figure it, no. When you, <laughs> when you, when. <laughs> um, folks all righty howdy folks okay maybe we should get into this um who wants to go first
1: your book was written after mine mine was written in 1998
0: sorry you want to go first sure all
1: right um hey guys So hey, what's up, you guys? (laughs) That's a Shane Dawson intro. (laughs) Delete that. Why am I pulling up my notes app? Where's my Google Drive? I could just read you guys my Aruba spending summary instead. (laughs) I think they would be. I don't think we want to know what that what the damage is um, on that one. Let's be clear on that. Um, So I read The Reef by Nora Roberts. Which I guess said was written in 1998. So I think the trigger warnings only apply to my book. Yeah. Which I don't know if it being written in 1998 is an excuse for any of the trigger warnings. Um, but just know it is on the older side. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was a different time, but that was not that long ago. So I don't know, Nora. Um, but yeah, my book is about, like, I'm trying to think of how to even, where do I begin? It's yeah, about this. About I know. It's about this girl. It starts off with this girl named Tate, um, who's in college. Tate. <laughs> Go away, Tate. Go away. Go um,
0: you're on. Go um.
1: Away. That's exactly what happens in the book too. And she wants to be a marine archaeologist. She's in college, and she's with her family in Australia that's the beginning of the book anyway they're like doing marine archaeology and they run into this other team of scuba divers mm-hmm. there's this man named matthew and his like father like figure book um of course, <laughs> of course. and Matthew's all like rugged and he's like older than Tate so of course she has a crush on him and he has a crush on her which feels kind of inappropriate because she's 20 and I'm not entirely sure how old he was supposed to be but yeah they like and then they're they team up kind of and then he's like oh yeah this guy killed my dad it's giving very outer banks like you know like he's like hunting for treasure and this guy killed my dad, but also my family's cursed because of this amulet that a witch had. And, that, and so that's just like some background there, and then they find this shipwreck and. It's, like, they're so excited because they get to, like, loot the boat, right? Like, they get to take everything and, like, they could sell it or they could put it in a museum because that's what she wants to do because she's an archaeologist. And then and she's falling in love with Matthew. And then, uh-oh, Buck gets attacked by a shark, loses a leg. He's in the hospital, Australian really? hospital. A whole ass freaking leg. Matthew gets all upset because Buck pushed him out of the way. Uh, so it should have been his leg. Anyway... While this dude's in the hospital, the lizards are part of the live studio audience. Um, while this dude's in the hospital, Tate goes back to the ship to keep archaeologically digging, and who's there but the freaking guy that killed Matthew's dad? And they're stealing the stuff from the boat, and and so that's the that's the past. Then it goes to the present. She's gone. So oh, by the way, her and Matthew have now broken. Things off. <laughs> She's gone to archaeological sea school. She's now a marine archaeologist. They have they're finding a different boat and they're digging out this boat. She gets picked for like this special project. They find out the guy that runs the company she works for is the guy that killed Matthew's dad. <laughs> So her dad writes a letter to Matthew and is like, yo, I just found out Tate is accidentally working for this guy. What should we do? And they all come back together and they go to the place where the dig is happening. And then it turns into all this drama. There's kidnapping. There's more treasure hunting. There's, there's, there's the amulet that the witch had put a curse on. Then their romance is rekindled, even though they hadn't seen each other in like 10, 20 years, whatever, 10 years. It's crazy, crazy, it's crazy, girl. Uh, and that's the premise of
0: the book. My God!
1: So there was a lot going on. For readability, I gave this book a, I gave it a five. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole rating scale is very middle of the line, but I gave it a five because I was like, honestly, this is intriguing. Like, I, it was g- crazy, but I did want to keep seeing what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was like so much is happening and it was like kind of like that shark attack scene like I was like whoa 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 like I was like I kept wanting to read which was surprising because like obviously this isn't the type of book I would usually read but you know how like last week with the other I liked the book I read last week better than I like this week but like it was like not good but it was like fun to read that's how I felt about the reef. And that's why I feel like for like, okay, so for language and style, I also gave this book a five. There's nothing at all wrong with Nora Roberts's writing. It's good. There's no mistakes, but there's nothing special about it. But I think I rated this writing better than my last book because it's not that fan fiction Mm -hmm. style. Like, it is actually, like, good storytelling. Yes. Like, there's no, like, she put her hair in a messy bun. Or, you know what? I think it was because it wasn't from a first-person perspective. I think that really helps. If you have, like, middle-of-the-line writing, I think doing a third-person perspective is very helpful. Because, like, we talk about it, first-person can get real cheesy, cheesy real fast so that's why I do think like Nora Roberts writing is like good and it is more adult because it's third person instead of first person it's so easy I think to get lost in like that teenage style Mm -hmm. with first person unless you're doing something really cool as like with your style then I can obviously work really well but otherwise that outside perspective I think works particularly well especially in a book like this which is like so much happening So then we get to see other people's perspectives too, which I think is important. But for form, I feel like I'm actually going to give this a six only because it was kind of interesting because it was, it was set up in three parts, past, present, and future. I don't know why the last part had to be future. It honestly could have just been past and present. um. But I still thought that was like more interesting than, it, it was a more interesting way to set it up than otherwise. Like she could have not done that. And so that's why I was like, I'll give you points for that, Nora. And I think it was cool too, like, cause I have problems with the characterization in this book, but I think the story was kind of characterized better by the fact that, Parts of it were taking place when Tate was like 20, and parts of it were taking place when she was in her 30s and like had a full blown career. Like in that aspect, the characterization was good. So I think the form helped in that way. For shelf worthiness, um, I gave this book a three, (laughs) (laughs) which on our scale is borrow it don't buy maybe a one-time read which I actually kind of disagree with so maybe I'd make this a four because I feel like listen these mass market paperbacks are so cheap and if you really can't think of a book you want to read but you know you want to bring a book to the beach I do feel like these are perfect for that yeah and they're perfect purse books like they fit perfectly in your purse Mm -hmm. they're perfect for like an airplane they're easy to read and you don't feel bad when you ruin them. You won't feel bad if you, like, leave it where you're vacationing. You don't feel bad giving it away, lending it to somebody else. So, like, while it's probably a one-time read, I actually feel like you could definitely buy it or you could definitely get it at, like, I'm sure, I know, actually, that, like, thrift stores are filled with these romance books. And, I mean, the library probably has them, too. So, like, there's no reason, honestly, not to buy it even less reason than other you know sometimes we're like hey this book was amazing but like not everybody's gonna like it yeah and then that book you're gonna draw like annie was talking about earlier like you're gonna spend 28 dollars on a book and then not like it this you're gonna spend 750 on a book i don't freaking care if you don't like that's fine right you know or you're gonna go to the thrift store and spend a dollar on it mm-hmm. like it's it's almost more worth it sometime when you think about it that way yeah. so i'm actually maybe going to move that up to like a four slash five even now that i'm thinking about it um okay plot i gave this book a six like i said there was a lot going on but it was like it was it, there was a there was a plot And she never really lost the plot. Like she put in a lot of plot, but she knew what she was doing. doing. And I think that this kind of romance is really fun because it's a treasure hunt. Like it's an adventure instead of a drama. You know what I mean? Like I feel like some romances will just be like a drama, like one couple and you're with them the whole time. And they're doing like really average like stuff. But like because this was an adventure story. It was like, oh no, the plot wasn't, it, it wasn't. It, I was intrigued. She was intrigued. I had to see what happened next. That's important. Do I remember half the things that happened? Absolutely the fuck not. Uh, was I cave? Yeah, I was. And last but not least, <laughs> characterization. I give this book a three, maybe even a two. <laughs> I have no connection to these people. (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) Where do I begin? Um, First of all, they start off with Tate being this cool, like, takes no shit type of 20-year-old girl who just wants to be a marine archaeologist in a man's industry, in a man's world. She doesn't do what anybody tells her to do. And the minute she meets this son of a bitch, Matthew... That all goes out the door. Her entire character that she spent like the first like pet 15 pages, 20 pages, 30 pages building, gone. And then what happens in the present tense, in the present day, she's a cool badass marine archaeologist, taking no shit from anybody, slaying in a man's industry. Matthew comes back, she loses all her characterization. Okay. Um, I hate that. That made me, as a woman, <laughs> as a woman, that made me so mad. All the background characters were, like, fine. Like, they were very stereotypical of, like, their type of character. Like, Buck was a very stereotypical sidekick. Her parents were very stereotypical, like, rich, bougie kind of old people. Um, the villain was a very classic villain. The other kind of love interest was very classic, like, nerd, but intriguing, like, endearing nerd type. Um, so I don't really have much to say about the background characters, but Matthew, here's the thing. It's not even Matthew's fault. It is Matthew's fault. He's bad guy. But it's that... The, basically, the reason we put the trigger warning at the beginning is... Matthew basically, like, assaults, sexually assaults Tate at, in the first part of the book. Um, And he's a total ass to her at other points in the book. And then she literally gets back with him. And I just hate that. Like, she ends up with this guy that assaulted her. And she was, like, upset about it when it happened, obviously. And then she just, like, gets immediately... And, she, and she's like, I can't believe I'm in love with him, but I can't help it. And I'm like, this is such an awful example. Like, I, I literally hate that. And so I just don't like his character. Like, I don't think that's smart characterization because in my eyes, he couldn't, you can't ever redeem yourself from that. So how are you gonna have character growth if you have a character that does that? Unless they're, cause they can't be the hero, but like he is. And so I really, really don't like that. And I was looking into it, and I guess that is a common trope in a lot of old romances that they would get kidnapped by pirates and then they fall in love with their captor or they'd have to be married off to a prince and they wouldn't want to be with him at first, which is assault. My mom sold me to One Direction. My mom sold me to One Direction. (laughs) Exactly. And I just don't like that. Like it really, I hope they don't do that as much anymore um maybe they don't though maybe they do but like i'm thinking about like the only other romance that like comes to my mind is like bridgerton and like daphne and the duke like hate each other at first but they want to hook up you know what i mean like they hate each other but they everything that happens is consensual does that make sense yes like he never hurts her once in the book or the show So it has that level of drama where it's like, oh, I hate you. Mm -hmm. But they still want to be together in that way. And I just don't like that in older books. They used to have it like enemies to lovers doesn't mean the person needs to like assault you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. not. Like enemies to lovers is a fine trope. Honestly, I think it's entertaining, but it should not have an assault. No, Like that's literally ridiculous. But yeah, this also this book probably gets uh, not an X rating. But eh, eh, rated R, <laughs> NC seventeen. Um, just a heads up. But if that's something you like, there you go. I think that's how I think that's how a lot of Nora's books work. She crazy girl. She crazy. She crazy girl. But that was why I was like pissed off too, because I was like, she didn't have to have him be a freaking rapist, right? Because then all these other scenes like would have been more like you would have been rooting for them mm-hmm. even if he was still kind of an asshole maybe and if she here's what would happen if she hadn't made him an assaulter i think she could have kept him an asshole and if she hadn't made tate go so flimsy when she was around matthew i think it could have been better the characterization i would have liked it better like if she was tough as nails and he was kind of a dick but they were still falling falling in love and he had like a soft spot for her and she had like a soft spot for him. I think I would like it better.
0: I mean, I don't, obviously I don't write romance. I don't really read romance. But I think that that comes down to having your book be well-rounded. You can't just be, I think if if you have the idea of the relationship first and then you develop the characters around it, that's where it can get messy. Yeah, and that's why she's all flimsy around him and things like that. right. Um, and I think, you, like, really knowing your characters is important. Right. That would have helped her. It's almost more
1: important to know the characters as individuals before you put them together. Absolutely,
0: yeah. But then I think, like, I don't know. When you write a romance, are you do you start with the relationship? And, I mean, I'm sure everyone's different. Yeah, I'm but, sure just interesting to think about yeah but like that's why i feel like
1: bridgerton is almost like a good example because like those characters are very whole Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then she puts them together like it feels like she makes the characters instead of makes the romance Mm -hmm. and then builds the characters around like she creates the chemistry as she's writing with already two full characters which is how it should be which is how it should be always yes i think it should work that that way with friends and books too or like mother and daughters friends brothers you know like it should be like you know them as individuals and then you know them as they interact together yes so you don't lose them when they're together exactly yeah so
0: yeah that's why i was like a little man at New for that. World. For any baby writers out there who are writing things, mm. write scenes with your characters that have nothing to do with your story. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You can also make up stuff about your
1: characters that you're never gonna actually include in the story. Oh, for I help. think that's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love doing that like even picking out what somebody's birthday is. Yeah. Because then you know there's zodiac signs. That tells you Um, But it's just fun. Like you should always like, I feel like if you have characters too, you should sometimes think about what their families are like, even if you're never going to see their family. Like, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Because you have to know how they were raised because that's how their character is as a person. Did they have birthday parties? Right. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. He's a biggie. And their culture can play a big role in it. And that should be especially well researched if you're doing that. Doing that. Thinking about it. Yeah. So yeah, your character shouldn't be just stick figures. No. Because and they shouldn't be broad concepts because you're gonna forget. Yeah. And fuck up like Nora Roberts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah and don't have people who are rapists then be the heroes of the book. Yeah, succeed. I hate that. Like another good example, I feel like a romance is Outlander. Like I genuinely love Outlander and the rapists are horrid. Like you hate them. Like Blackjack Randall is the, one of the worst villains I've ever seen in my entire, like one of the most well-written villains I've ever seen. And he's horrid and he doesn't succeed because he's a bad guy. Poop on him. Poop on him. But yeah, bad guys is bad guys. Like, there can be a gray area with bad guys for sure. Should they be the hero slash love interest? Absolutely. Fucking not. So I'm mad at Nora. She's in the doghouse. Would I read her books again? Maybe. <laughs> it depends. Is it going to be $4.50? Nora, go to the doghouse. I know. I, I wonder... That's why I was like, I wonder... I want to read one of her new books because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I want to see if she realized that that was not tea. Right. And I kind of want to read one of her really old books because she's been writing for decades forever, and see, like, what was she doing in the 80s? Something crazy. But yeah, that's The Reef by Nora Roberts.
0: My book is a new book. By new, I mean 2021. Pretty new. Pretty new. Pretty new. Printed in Lithuania, guys. Oh, um, as I said at the beginning, it's called The Stepsisters by Susan Mallory, who she was born in 1970 and she's been writing for quite a while. Um, and obviously, she's still doing. So I thought this book was a romance. <laughs> uh, it's not, besties. This book. As I said, titled The Stepsisters is about, believe it or not, stepsisters. And so that's the that's the romance. This is what happens when you can't mute me. (laughs) I hate cup. They they liked it. Everyone said they like it. I like it. I like it. They like it. The lizard likes it. Um So, so this, yeah, this, this was a drama. This was a soap opera. Perfect. Type thing. Let me lay it out for you. So, Daisy and Sage, which like. What fucking name? Right. And their stepsisters? Right. their names are Daisy and Sage? (laughs) Very weird. Never mind. Stepsisters, Daisy, Sage. Uh, Growing up, Sage was the popular one, Um, Daisy was the smart one, Sage made her life miserable. Big happy family. Um, So their parents obviously get together, they become stepsisters, they have another kid, they get divorced. And since... Daisy and Sage didn't get along to begin with. They don't talk. They're not friends. And one day, Daisy's driving down the street, and her kid pukes, and her van breaks down, and it's hot out. And who pulls up behind her? Sage. Sage. And that's how they meet again, and they become... A part of one another's lives but it's a little bit awkward because daisy is married to sage's ex-fiance and they have kids together so it's a little weird it's a little bit weird besties <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i'm trying <to laughs> it's, it's it's fine because liza could sit here and be like oh, this happened. And it was a shark attack and pirates and kidnapping. And I'm like, what happened in my body? Yeah. I genuinely don't know because nothing happened. It was just domestic life. Like Daisy and her husband, Jordan, who is Sage's ex-fiancé, are like having marital problems. <laughs> and Sage just got divorced for the third time and she moves back home with her mom who lives in this small friggin' house and she lives next door to this boy who she went to high school with and then they start like going on dates and stuff yeah where it's just like you there has to be stakes even if it's realism yes and I guess like oh the divorce might happen but I'm like I don't care like the, the book starts off with Daisy and Jordan already having problems so I didn't get to ever see no, a relationship y-
1: you have to have the why do we care right
0: there always has to be the question why do I care and like I care because they have kids but like not really because I think that the kids would do better if they weren't together right but that's just like
1: a question you have to ask yourself when you're writing something like why do I need to write this right why do I care and then do it and then do it Mal- Susan. Susan <laughs> But maybe when you email her, she'll be like, yeah, this is the base of my true fucking life. And um, my sister got with my ex fiance, and it was crazy. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> now that's a different story. Maybe not, though. I don't know. You're the one that read the book.
0: I think it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Susan. Like the fact that this was in a book, I was like, no, no, guys, not to mention, like the the their half sister, Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, this is something interesting that happens. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so she she has Cassidy has to move home, and by home I mean back in with Daisy. Sure. Who she does not get along with, um, because Cassidy is a travel writer, and she was on a mountain in Patagonia. And um, her huge, ginormous, completely sexy, I guess, boyfriend, Deshawn, proposes to her. And she gets so scared, Deshawn. she backs all the way up and falls off a cliff. <laughs> and she dies? No. Oh. She breaks everything. And then she's got to move back with Daisy oh. and get full-time care. Deshawn, every day I break yeah. my legs.
1: <laughs> I and just pictured so, that when um, he's
0: all in the cast. I think that was literally her. <laughs> I can't get over that. And... What a huge, giant... <laughs> they just... Susan describes him and he's, like, super... She says he's, like, super tall and really sexy. <laughs> That's, like, pretty much what she says about him. He's tall, he's muscular, he's sexy. Okay. Okay. Why she don't want to marry him, I don't know.
1: Yeah, why is in this book about
0: Deshawn because it's the steps There's... I don't care about them um but Cassidy doesn't believe in love because you know her sister Sage has been divorced three times now and her parents obviously got divorced and her mom only marries for money it's wild so she doesn't believe in love Mm-hmm. So, so of course she can't. She can't marry Deshaun who sends her like these huge thing of flowers, and they come up, and she's like, throw them away. <laughs> Never in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't care who. I don't care if friggin' the worst guy in the world sent me flowers. I'd be like, Davey them up for the house. Like, <laughs> I'm not throwing them away. It's just wild. So yeah, I, I really, I really can't think of any significant plot points in this book. They went to their high school reunion. And it lasted like two pages there was no build up to anything let's let's get into the rating scale huh um for readability and interest i gave this a four to a five and i'm gonna tell you why it was an all right read i think that i would take it like i did i think that you would want to take it to the beach was I thinking about it when I closed the book? No, no, no. It was boring. I'm I'm on vacation on a beach and they're like walking around their house in California talking about divorce. I don't want to, I was whatever. So no, I wasn't like fully interested in it and like reading it nonstop. So we got a four. For language and style, I think it a 5.5. There was nothing wrong with it. But there was also nothing special about it. Um I think I'll say, yeah, I'll say this in this category. So I was thinking a lot about being like a seasoned writer. And you know, you write so many books, you know how to do certain writerly things. For example, this is a which this is a bad writerly thing, but I know that lots of writers do it. Once you get to the end of the book, you start speeding things up and you find ways to shorten things. Mm. So instead of showing us how things have changed by the end of the book, she has one of the characters telling another character and it just makes it go faster. So just things like that. I noticed a lot of And I don't even want to say it's seasoned writer; it's more like seasoned bookseller type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was a little bit interesting. I'm not even gonna talk about form because there's really nothing to talk about. There's two recipes in the back of the book if you want it. <laughs> I mean, what are they? Um, one is a berry bellini and the other is Bel Air Cobb salad, but like. Those two things. I think I think they had Bellinis once during the whole book. <laughs> and what's with the cob salad? I don't know, they're in Bel Air. That's just fucked up. <laughs>
1: like weird. I don't like that there's a recipe for cob salad. And it's not it's like
0: the book ends. This is why I don't fuck with white people. And then You have discussion questions, which I'm confused about because there's nothing really to discuss about this book, if I'm being quite honest. And then you have a page that says to email Susan, which I did, guys. I already did it. Did you already do it? Yes. Good. I really did. I had to sign up for a newsletter, which kind of sucks, but Uh, I did it. What did you say? I said, I "I just finished reading your book, The Stepsisters, and I want to know what the juicy secret is.
1: Hey, if she doesn't me back for the next three to four business days, I will cry. I'm call I'm calling Harley Quinn. Is yours is a Harley Quinn reference? What is it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but so there's all that and then there's the recipes. Who's gonna go back that far? There's not there's not even acknowledgments in this book or anything. Maybe
1: all of the um this imprint of Harlequin come with recipes. Because this is definitely the tamer imprint of Harlequin. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not the steamy section of Harlequin. So maybe the ladies, the folks that like to read this from this imprint also like to make cob salad. Thanks, guys. That checks out to me. No offense, ladies. <laughs> And gentlemen, and gentlemen, I don't know. we don't know. But they might, ha- they might be in book clubs, and they might. Oh, maybe you bring the Cobb salad and the Bellini to the book club.
0: But then everyone would bring that. <laughs> 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 what if the person? Oh,
1: what, if, right? what if the person who hosted it also makes the Cobb salad and the Bellinis? You know, because I think you switch whose house it's at every time. So
0: you're going to have cob salad and those knees every... Does that even go together? No, <laughs> it's not. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I was like, white people are weird. Bella are Cobb salad. are both very, like, white things. Two cups organic salad greens, one slice of pancetta... pancetta. <laughs> one slice of pancetta browned and diced, a half cup of grilled chicken breast diced, a fourth cup of blue cheese crumbles. Ugh. One hard-boiled egg, Ugh. halved, then sliced. Oh. One small carrot, diced. One-fourth cup, jicama or celery, <laughs> diced. Jicama? <laughs> <laughs> one, green, one green onion with top, sliced. Uh, one half heirloom tomato diced, one fourth avocado sliced. Is this a one serving? Why am I getting nuts? one fourth of a freaking avocado? It's per main dish, so yeah, I guess. And then okay. blue, blue cheese dressing. Okay, but it already had blue cheese crumble. Oh, and then and then if you you there's some asterisks next to both the candied walnuts and the blue cheese dressing. Mm-hmm. And then if you flip the page, it breaks it down on how to make each of those things in case you didn't know. Oh, thank God. But the, the berry blinis are much easier. It's one and one half cup mixed berries, one fourth cup sugar, one bottle sparkling wine chilled. So, but I mean, like I said, there's really nothing to talk about with one piece. Shelf worthy. Would I read it again? I would not. <laughs> I really would not. But I'm going to give it a three to a four. I'm going to say you should borrow it. I th- I mean, I'm going to give Susan Mallory a shot and say get a different book and not this one um, if you're going to get one of her books. But well, otherwise, I don't know, borrow it. Like Liza said, thrift it. Mm-hmm. If anyone mm-hmm. wants to borrow my copy, you can. Mm-hmm. That's really all I got to say on that. For the plot, I'm going to give this a 5.5. 5. Nothing happened, but I kept reading. Mm. And I think it was because I was, I kept... Because nothing happened, I thought something was going to happen, so I just kept going. And then by the time I was to the point where I was like, I'm past the high school reunion, that was like two pages, no one has banged each other yet. <laughs> the, this This divorce situation isn't getting any better, like... <laughs> <laughs> at at that point I was more than halfway through the book and I was like, well, that we're just doing this now. So there's really not much to say about it, but I kept reading it. I think if you have a boring life, maybe read this book. <laughs> because it, I mean, the book was like boring but like a little bit dramatic. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're right. like you said it was soapy at the beginning, maybe people who like soap operas would like it. You know.
1: But but see it was like not even enough to be a soap right. opera. Yes. The
0: soap opera's it's crazy shit's going on. And I mean like no one banged until I believe it was page 257. <laughs> exact page. And and you know what it didn't even it didn't even like go into detail it just was like oh and they went into the bedroom
1: oh no and then she woke up right and i was like what the-? hey if you're looking for the opposite of that read the nora roberts
0: right so so like that yeah, shit was cr- she crazy i was reading this thinking okay if it's this boring there's got to be like crazy smut nothing nothing not even a crumb not a crumb of smut that's exactly how <laughs> I The feel. lizard said, fuck that shit. <laughs> the lizard
1: was like... And we've seen some shit because One Direction?
0: Oh. You know. You're talking about smart.
1: Yeah, like I feel like we're good I judge your characters. lizards for the second. No, now. no, no, Lizards no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I meant like having come from the One Direction fandom. Oh, yes. We know what's T tea. when what's T. Yes, and
0: this was not it. What's your rating of it? So I gave mine rated R. PG-13? I'd say, like, PG-13, because at one point she said she got heat in her girly bits. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. I hate Uh. that. She said girly, right? No, she said girly bits. I'm like, you're 40 years old. (laughs) Ew. Ew. And it's also, it's just, like, it's one character that just keeps... She's just weird. (laughs) I my favorite thing about this is I feel like you do feel very strongly about
1: this book cuz I'm confused. I know, <laughs> but you like know so much about it like I just you read the whole thing. it whole day. Like you know what I mean like you really yeah. are like you're like she's weird like you're like you remember how I was like I can't remember anything that happened? Yes. Like you're like I know
0: my brain had to absorb something. Yeah. Um it's also like kind of fanficky in the way that the daisy's character Mm -hmm. she her mother died when she was young so she has an inheritance which she inherited this huge house i guess that has wings in it separate wings Mm. and like rooms that are apartment layout and weird things like that Mm. Um, and she has all this money from her mom, and then also her dad's rich, and so she has money from her dad, but she also still works and she's an anesthesiologist. Mm, okay, queen, right? So she's like loaded, yes, lay, which is a lot of the problem with her husband because he's robust. like, I feel like I'm not a man, and I'm like, This is we're in 2021 we grow up, yeah, <sighs> man. You guys already have two kids together, like. Relax. Do something else. Relax. Do something else with your time than complain. So so yeah, so 5.5 for plot for characters. I'm giving this a five. And I I think that Susan did a good job of sticking to her characters throughout. You know, certain characters are always gonna mess up, and she oh, she tried to give like character arcs to characters and it didn't really work. And, and like 40-ish pages from the end, probably the biggest thing in the book happens. And it's because one character is unwilling to change and it results in the other character having to once again be like the nice one and be the bigger person. I don't really think much changed. You know, you know, you know, you know who had the biggest character growth in this book? Tishan. Close. Mm -hmm. Cassidy. Right. Who's not even a a, a point of view character? What the freak, guys? What the freak, Susan? What the frig. Susan. But um, I did find these characters to be like very stereotypical and kind of very boring and um that's really all i gotta say about that besties besties oh oh no that was beach trash for you i know well, well well i guess i'll just piss on the phone. oh yeah but what's what's her episode
1: next week it is water themed the water themed books which is, like, another one of the loose themes. Right. But, like, we were also saying, like, books that kind of make you feel like you're
0: underwater. Right. Like, um, I used Red Clocks, for an example, because there's a lot of water, ocean imagery, comparisons, metaphors, all that fun stuff in there. Um, and it does kind of feel like a drowning book in a weird way. Yeah. It does. It does. I'm just pulling up my books. Now. I
1: I am too. Um, I'm reading a book that's new um, called New Animal by Ella Baxter. It's not new. It's just, it's new in paperback. Um, it, the cover is beautiful. It's written by an Australian author. It takes place in Australia, so it takes place on the beach. Um, it's a dark comedy. It's literary fiction um and i think she's um a mortician in it which is my favorite thing we love that we saw a a reuben funeral home and crematory and hearses and we got really excited we also saw an reuben graveyard and we got really excited just so
0: you guys know but yeah that's my book Um, I'm reading, which I asked my Instagram friend what I should read and this book one. So I'm going to read The Water Cure, Mm. which is a novel. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's womanly, which I think is interesting for water. Right. Mine is too interesting. What was the other one
1: you were almost going to read? Like the fish? Like a fish.
0: The deeper you go, the bigger the fish. Yeah. because like I think you should read that at some Oh, I'm definitely going to. I, saw I also for uh Yeah. I am... okay. For the episode that is gonna be closer tomorrow, what is that? Oh, oh the Island, Island Girls seem I was supposed Guess. to read Wilder Girls. Oh yeah. Um and it simply didn't come in, in time and this book is with the Water Cure book is with that one. So I'm going to read those. the, the Wilder Girls one at some point for you guys, because people voted on that one. Um You have to do a blog about that. Oh, I should do that, actually. Scratch that. Well, you could do it right. on a um, You could do block. The deeper the water, the uglier the fish. That's what it was. I sent you a TikTok. That somebody had put that in their
1: TikTok. I saw that. Isn't that weird? Uh, siblings. 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 <laughs> siblings. Put stepsisters on Sibling. That. Well, that's next week. That's next week. Is we're, we're doing the whole episode in Simlish. Yes. Next week, we'll be apart when we
0: film. But I like being We haven't been apart for seven days.
1: Yeah. Like, We're gonna get used to being with each other. I'm already used to it. I'm used to it. Don't go away. Okay. I'm moving. I'm moving to Buffalo. And we're gonna do every week together podcast.
0: Yeah. And peep. Peep. Girls. 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 Island girls. Non-binary friends. That's all that we have to say about beach trash today. And And we'll see you next week. We'll see you. We'll do it. You'll you'll do it. I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Peace out. Bye.